Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. We are going to continue in our study. Today is the first day of Advent, by the way. How many people have an Advent reading they're doing this month? We are as well. Uh, so we're going to be doing it here this morning and throughout the month of December. But this morning we're going to continue in our study of 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 2, starting in chapter 2 today. Chapter 2, verse 6. If you're in the Red Bibles, it's page 895. When we're there, say amen. <clears throat> Paul's teaching on the revelation of by God's Spirit. We're going to go ahead and read this down to the end of the chapter, see how far we get today in the time we have allotted. If not, we'll continue next week. Starting in verse 6. Yet we speak wisdom among those who are, who are mature, although not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the, the wisdom of God in the mystery, in, in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of, of our, for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew it. For had they known it, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of man which is in him. Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not, not, the, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of, which, is, which is of God so that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. These things also we proclaim, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, com comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual, spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged by anyone. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, there is a contrast in this particular passage of Scripture between the spirit of man and the spirit of God, the mind of Christ and the mind of carnal man. And we have to understand the difference between the two. As believers, we should desire 
the discernment of the Spirit of God. We should desire to know the things of God and not the things of the world. We do know the things of the world, though, right? We, we do have that ability to know the things of the world, but we should not desire those things. We should desire the things of God. He says in verse 6, Yet we speak wisdom among those who are mature, although not the wisdom of this age, nor uh, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. In other words, the wisdom he's speaking is not that of man or of rulers because that wisdom is not from God. They're coming to nothing. In other words, there's no fruit in their wisdom. And there's no fruit in my wisdom or your wisdom in and of itself. There's no fruit there. He says, but we speak of wisdom of God, the, the, the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they would have cru crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. There's a lot of things that we as believers, when we think about it, things that the, the deep things of God, if God were to reveal some of those things to us, I don't think we could comprehend it. If God were to reveal to us the plan for our lives to the fruition of our life, whether it be death by natural means or rapture into, the, into heaven, and if God laid out those plans and said, here's what's going to happen in your life and you're going to either die on this day or be raptured on this day, could we actually comprehend it? The, the scripture spoke to us in mystery because we want to know and want to understand it piece by piece, not all in once. We could not comprehend it. And if these rulers of the age that were going on man's wisdom would have known, the, they would have crucified Christ before his time and it would have been an issue that's why Herod would, we're coming up to Christmas the wise men escaped and went back to their own country in a different way they didn't go back to Herod because they didn't want him to know where he was for no eye have seen no ear has heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him we have a glimpse, but if we knew everything, we couldn't comprehend it. We would go crazy. We wouldn't believe it. I'll tell you what, 25 years ago, as a young man, younger than I am now, if somebody would have said that I was going to be preaching and pastoring a church, I wouldn't have believed it. 25 years ago was prior to salvation for me. So I was still swearing like a sailor and doing things I shouldn't be doing and going places I shouldn't be going 25 years ago. But if somebody said, you're going to be pastoring a church in 25 years, I wouldn't have believed them. Because it was, as we said last week, foolishness to the unbeliever. Right? That's why it's not revealed to our, through our wisdom because it's foolishness to the unbeliever. But to the believer... 
We are spoken, we are given this through a mystery, through steps, through little things, so that we, it is not foolishness, it is confirmation from God. And we view it as such, as believers. We are not revealed these things. In verse, verse 10 it says, For God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. In other words, this flies in the face of, guess what, I can get what I want by doing what I'm doing and, and just keep going and just keep working at it and be, you know, being, being productive. I'm going to get what I want by my own way of doing things. No, it's not revealed by that. It's revealed through His Spirit. The things we have in our life are revealed to us by the Spirit of God. If you think about things, and I said this last week and I say it a lot, but if you think about the things that you have in your life that you consider good, you didn't get them by yourself. You didn't get those things by yourself, by your own fortitude. God gave them to you. He revealed them to you by His Spirit. How did you know who you were going to marry? Was it more than just a fuzzy feeling and a pitter-pat in your chest when you saw the person? Or was it God speaking to your heart that it was this was the person he wanted for you. How did you know that? It's revealed by his spirit. Things in life that we do, and I used to tell, these, tell this to kids all the time when I was teaching teenagers and young high school kids Sunday school. The things that you're going to go through life, you've got to bathe those things in prayer. Kids in high school about junior year or sophomore year, they're starting to think about college. Some of them are earlier than that. They've got to know where, the, where God wants them to go. And sometimes that's not a Christian college. You know, I heard somebody tell a joke one time, but he said that he learned a lot of things about the Bible that wasn't in the Bible when he went to Bible school, right? But I understand that some Christian colleges are just as secular as regular colleges. So it's important to know where God wants them to go. And, and same with us, with, with adults, same thing. We have the same things we deal with. We have to, maybe, maybe we have to buy a house. Maybe we have to buy a car. Maybe we've got to change a job or we don't like our job. We want to go somewhere else. Bathe those things in prayer because you could go down a path that is not what God wants you to go down. Maybe God wants you to stay in that job to be a witness for him to those that are not Christians. Maybe God doesn't want you to move out of the area in which you live in because you're a witness there. But see, these things are being revealed by the Spirit, not by our own thinking. You know, uh, there's, there's been many a times in my life, I'm sure in our lives, we're, we're driving our vehicles and we're like, man, this car is a piece of junk. I'm putting more money into it than it's worth and and we just go in there and we just change cars. Well, I've done that before without praying and it's not a good situation to be in because you end up with a problem financially if you don't bathe it in prayer. Same thing with, with everything else in our lives. Changing homes, changing jobs. If we don't bathe those things in prayer and get those things from re revealed to us by, by, from, by His Spirit, then we're gonna, we're, we are down a road of despair. We've got to understand that we've got to talk to God.
We've got to talk to God. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Did you know we can have that? That's what I love about this scripture and love about, my, love about my relationship with God is that I can go to God and say, God, I want to know more about you. I want to know the deep things of God. I want to know the deep meanings of things of God. That's why I study the original languages when I do my preparations because there is so much in that understanding and you, you get into the deep things of God. I was, I was so... Um, Saddened one time I was talking with someone and they were talking about God and how much their relationship with God, they, they love their relationship with God, but they didn't want to go deeper. They wanted to be surfacy. They didn't want to go deeper in God. How could you not want to go deeper in God? How could you not want to know the deep things of God, the, 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 the things that make God love you? Why, why would you not want to know those things of God. You know, the things that drew, us, drew God to us was our, was our imperfection. The book of Revelation, that's where we're at in our Bible reading at home. And in the book of Revelation, it says that, that um, he chose us, right? It says in 13.8 that, that all worship the beast and that, I don't know it off my head right now, but I'll, let me get there. I know, what I'm, I, know, I know the point I'm trying to make. Just hold on a second here. Revelation 13, 8. He is a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Right? That's what it says there. He was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world in the book of Revelation. Why? Because he knew that our imperfections were going to cause us to be apart from him. And that's what drew him to us. So if we think about that in that perspective, think about, yes, we are imperfect people. Yes, we are. We have issues. But those are the very things that drew God to us. Those are the very things that drew God to us was our imperfections, our failures. Because God wants us to be with him. Jesus chose prior to creation, to die for us. Isn't that wonderful? Do you ever want to know why? Do you ever want to think about why? Or you ever, you, ever, you ever want to think about, you know, God? you ever pray to God, God, what is it about me that makes you love me? What is it about, what is it about me that, that made you desire to die for me? What, it is, what is it about me? Have you ever done that? That's a wonderful thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do. Because God can then show you who he sees you as. He sees us very differently than we see ourselves. We, we, we look in the mirror and what do we see? Do we like what we see every morning? Not usually, right? Depending upon what, well, how our morning has been, how our previous day was. When we look in the mirror, do we like what we always see? Probably not. But God sees us differently than we see ourselves. God sees us way differently than we see ourselves. And the only way we're going to see that is by the revelation revealed to us through his spirit. For what man knows the things of man, the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is, which is of God, so that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. When we are born again, we are, we are given the spirit of God. God comes and reigns in our hearts, rules and reigns in our hearts. And how do we know what God wants us to do? How do we know the deep things of God? You exercise, right, that, that faith. You exercise that relationship with God. You talk to God. I always tell everybody in here that can say, can raise your hand if I've ever said this to you, get into your Bible and read it. How many of us have heard that? Get into your Bible and read it. Spend time. Christmas time is a great time to get in the Bible and read it. But guess what? So is every other time of the year. Get into your Bible and read it. That's the only way you're going to know how to exercise that faith. To know those things of God. God reveals us things to us through his spirit. How do we know it? Because our spirit bears witness with his spirit. You ever been in a situation where there's just something different about this person. You don't know what it is. They don't, they're not like everybody else that you know or that you work with. But you don't know what it is, and then you find out later they're a Christian, and you're like, oh, that's what that, that's why. That's the spirit bearing witness. How's that going to happen if we don't exercise that? If we don't exercise the spirit bearing witness? It's like when we talk with God how do we know the differences between the Spirit of God and the voice of God versus the voices of everyone else and everything else? How do we know the difference? There was an old, well, it was old now, but it was, who, 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 who remembers that show Smallville? Okay, 2001 to 2011 or something like that. One of the episodes was a very prophetic, not a prophetic episode, but a spiritual episode. Clark had just gotten his super hearing. And he had been going through changes. He had been getting x-ray vision, and he had been getting all kinds of stuff. And he realized that he was, he was indestructible. He stuck his hand in a, in a chipper, and it didn't come out bloody. And, and then he started getting his super hearing, and he, didn't, he was hearing everything, right? He was hearing everybody in, in the world speaking. So Jonathan takes them in the barn. And in their barn, they had tractors and they had machinery and they had all these things. And he turned all those things on. And then he whispered, focus on my voice. That resonated with me spiritually like that. Because if you think about life, how often do we have everything coming at us We've got social media. We've got internet. We've got television, if we still watch television. I don't watch television except for streaming. But we don't, but you've got all these things coming at us. We've got advertisements that are not appropriate. We've got things going on in TV shows we don't like. We've got all these kinds of things bombarding us, bombarding our children. It's loud spiritually. How do we fix that? Some would say, well, turn the TV off. Well, yeah, we do that. But you can't turn people off and you can't turn society off when you're walking around and when you're doing things and you're running errands and you hear things and see things. So how do we know the difference? 
It's exercise. You work at it. God, show me, let me hear your voice. Now, it doesn't sound different. It doesn't sound like Morgan Freeman or it doesn't sound like anybody else. But it, you can tell the difference between the things of the world and the voice of God because its spirit bears witness with your spirit when God talks to us, right? He reveals to us the things of God by his spirit. That's how we know. That's how we know. When we, when we talk to God, we must exercise the, the, the principle of knowing his voice versus everything else, versus our thoughts, the things racing in our heads, and everything coming at us from the outside. We've got to know the difference between those things and the voice of God. The only, the only way we're going to do that is to focus on him. Allow God to reveal himself to you in those moments. And we have to allow it. He's not going to just do it. He's not going to talk to us if we don't want him to talk to us. Many people go through life and they know what God would say. There might be Christians, there might be, might be Christians that fell away. And they don't want to hear God say, that's wrong, you need to repent. They don't want to hear God say, turn around and walk the other way. God, they don't want to hear God. So they block him out. So many people don't want to. There's many people that grew up in Christians' homes that aren't following Christ anymore. And God is speaking to them and they tune him out. And they focus on the things of the world and not the things of God. We've got to be the opposite. We've got to focus on the things of God and the voice of God and tune out the rest of the world. He goes on. And he says, These things are also we proclaim, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches. Very important to understand that. But... Um, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So it would be very difficult for someone such as myself or anybody else to stand behind a pulpit or a sacred desk and try to preach the word without the Spirit's anointing and the Spirit's unctioning. Because a lot of people that I know have read the Bible for academic purposes. I know what it says. I've read it. And that's like a tick in, the, in their little chalkboard of life. I've read the Bible one time through. But can you understand it? That only is revealed through the Spirit of God. We don't teach the Bible by our own understanding. We teach the Bible by the Spirit of God which was revealed to us in our preparation. And that's just not for the pastor. That's for those that are going around in, in society running errands and bumping shoulders with people at the store or talking with people on the phone that don't understand you and you get angry with them. We need to understand that we need to be that way with them too. We need to share Christ with them. We need to be prepared for the opportunity which God is going to present to us to be a witness for him in our daily life. Whether it be work, 
or errands or being on the phone or anything else. We've got to be prepared for when God says, I want you to witness to this person. I want you to talk to this person. There was one time when I was in working at Lowe's and Bradley. I talk about myself because there's a lot of experiences that God has used me in and it bears in with this text today. There was a man who, who was a Muslim. I knew he was a Muslim because of the way he was dressed and he was in a wheelchair. And he was talking to me about how his legs were bothering him and he was having a lot of problems physically. Understandably, he was in a wheelchair. And I said, I'm sorry to hear that. And we had a little counter that was like probably as wide as this here. If you can see that, probably about four foot. And I wouldn't have done this knowing he was a Muslim because I know, you don't know how, how the reaction you're going to get. And, but by the Spirit of God, and I said, well, I understand that. And I walked around the counter. Now, I, to me, I walk normal, right? But everybody else, they see a hobbling guy walking, uh, you know. So he walked, I walked around the corner, and, and I said, yes, I understand that you're hurting. I said, I hurt too all the time, but God sees me through. Jesus helps me with this. And he received that. He received that, and that was amazing because he said, yes, Jesus is Lord, or something to that effect. And I had no idea, maybe that was different for him than it is for me, but he acknowledged that Jesus is Lord. And it, it was wonderful because in that moment, I just was being obedient to Christ. And that's what I'm saying we must be. Obedient to Christ in every situation. Is it hard? Yeah. Is it difficult? Sure. Somebody does you wrong, can you extend mercy and forgiveness? That's not for me to answer for you. But we should be able to, right? Right? So we need to understand that God wants us to know him spiritually and to teach and to witness through things that are not our own understanding, but through his understanding. What's it say in the book of, I think it's Proverbs, it says, lean not on your own understanding. Lean on his understanding. He doesn't want us to shun people. He doesn't want us to to somebody does us wrong, well, I'm not having anything to do with you ever again. Who did Jesus go to? He didn't go to the religious people. He went to the common folk, the fishermen, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the ones everybody said, well, this, these people are not worth even telling them about the Old Testament or the Torah or whatever at that time. But Jesus went to them giving value to them. And God gives you value when he saved your soul. We should seek him. It says, but the, man, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
So the natural man, the carnal man is what he's talking about here. Not the spirit man, not the born-again believer, but the man who's just living his life, doesn't give God any place in his life. He cannot understand those things because they're foolishness to him. How many of us can remember when the Spirit of God and the things of God was foolishness to them, to us? I can remember reading the Bible and not understanding. You get into numbers, anybody gets into numbers, and you're like, why is, all, why is this even in here, you know? This begot this, and this begot this, and genealogies and all this stuff. Before I was a Christian, I never even thought about reading that because it was foolishness. I wasn't a Christian. Now I understand. It's difficult to read, but there's a purpose for it. Somebody tells you God loves you and you're not a Christian, that's foolishness to them. Because people that aren't believers, usually the mentality is I'll believe it when I see it. Right? Everybody says that. Oh, he's changed. I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, she's different now. I'll believe it when I see it. How many of us think that way? Is that the right way to think? I don't know. I don't think so. We need to be like Christ, right? Very last part of this section says, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So that would be a question we've got to ask ourselves in this way too. If somebody says, well, they said they've changed, would Christ say, I'll believe it when I see it? Would Christ say, well, you know, words are cheap and I'm not buying any? We've got to think about those things. Even as Christians, we say those things. I've said them. We, we, we say those things, we think those things, but as Christians, we have the mind of Christ. How would Christ react? You see somebody holding a sign that says, need food, need help, whatever. Use discernment before you do that, of course. But don't just say, well, they're just out wanting money to do drugs. You don't know that. You don't know that. Have the mind of Christ. So many things we've got to understand. So many things we've got to do. And I'm not coming down on anybody, so please don't think I am. But I just want us to understand that we have to have a different way of thinking as individuals. We are, we are so caught up, myself personally too, so caught up in the way I think and the way we think about situations that we're unwilling to change it. And, any, and, and everybody in here should be able to say amen, right? There's some things in our lives we're not willing to change our thought patterns on. But understand, what would Jesus do? We have the mind of Christ. We don't have the mind of the enemy anymore. We might give him place by our thoughts and our deeds and our actions. But we have the mind of Christ. What would Jesus think about a certain situation? He would not say, 
I'll believe it when I see it. We know that in Scripture. We know that from Scripture in his interactions. When he met up with the prostitute that was brought to him, the woman called in adultery. He didn't say, she said, she was, sorry, she was sorry for what she did. That was evident in the reading. He didn't say, I believe it when I see it. Go away. He didn't say, well, I, I can't believe you would change. He said, go and sin no more. No question. No question. Go and sin no more. He didn't say, eh, I don't think so. I don't think you got it in you. I don't think they got it in them. Did he say that? No. Go and sin no more. Now, he knew whether she would or wouldn't, but he didn't say, I don't believe you, or I'll believe it when I see it. He said, go and sin no more. Extending grace and mercy in every situation. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we do that? Do I do that? Do you do that? Do you extend mercy and grace in the situations in your lives? With our kids, with our grandkids, with our workmates, with our friends, with our family members? Do we extend that kind of mercy and grace? It's not a Christmas thing. It's a Christ thing. It should be extended every time of the year. Amen? Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Not at all going off on anybody by any means. But I think we need to understand, we need to, and I myself have to understand, I myself has to learn to think about what Christ would say before I would pass judgment. I think, we, I think we could all use that advice. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Father, thank you today for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for all the things you've done for us and given to us by your Spirit. I pray, Father, that you would touch us and minister to us. Help us to have the mind of Christ. Help us to look to you for discernment and look to the things of God for the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of ourselves and of mankind. But Father, be with us. Help us to be better tomorrow than we are today. Help us to be better this afternoon than we are right now. Touch and bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, every year, well, since I've been here anyway, we've done an Advent reading um, for the weeks of Advent. And today, our reading is from Isaiah 9, 2 and 6 through 7. It says, The people walked in darkness, have seen a great light on those living in the land, a deep darkness. And then 6 and 7 says, A light has dawned, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And a lot of what we deal with in life, we have to understand that Christ has already experienced it. And with him, we can go through life knowing a Savior who can stand with us and identify with us in such a way that he is our Prince of Peace in times of trouble. He is our everlasting Father when we have, like myself, a father that was not a good father. He's mighty in our times of distress. He's a mighty God. Think about things in your life that you've gone through that you thought, how could I be going through this? How could God have brought me to this point? But He's mightier than that situation in those circumstances. He is our mighty God. He is our wonderful counselor. Prior to 2020, well, not prior to 2020 really, but anxiety, depression, and suicide went up exponentially due to the pandemic in 2020 and now into 2021. So many people with mental health issues don't feel comfortable going person to person talking to a counselor or talking to a therapist. Christ can be that counselor to those people and to us. He knows what we need. He understands the deep things of our heart as we understand the deep things of God. Every answer we'll ever need for anything in our life is found in the scripture, found in the Bible. That's what makes him the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. He's everything. That wraps up everything. Did you realize that? That wraps up everything in our life. He's everything to us. We just have to give him place. Amen? There is some alternate readings in here. If you want to do that. Psalm 122, Isaiah 2, and Romans 13. If you want to copy these down later, there's on this sheet of paper. I'll have it down here. So as I don't lose it for next week, but it'll be down here on the on the offering table. And uh, let's just um, remember this Christmas season that Jesus is everything to us. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.